to the Family Movie Night Podcast, Episode 4, the Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help you have better conversations about the content you and your children consume. Uh, My name is Nathan, and I am joined, as always, by uh, my wonderful co-host, the Christmas Prince himself, Mr. Donnie Dorsey. How are you doing today, Donnie? I'm doing well. The kingdom is great. Taking care of the kingdom. I appreciate that. Someone's got to do it over there in Aldovia. It's tough. It's tough. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about that if you didn't get it. But of course, I've got uh, the the third member of our trio here, Mr. Sawyer Hewlett. How are you doing, Sawyer? Straight from 34th Street yourself. (laughs) Howdy, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. And here's what, uh, if you've already seen the description of this episode, you, you, you probably are wondering what in the world are these three guys going to do talking about Hallmark movies? And you're right. We wouldn't know what you're talking about, which is why I brought in backup. I brought in an expert, a uh, wonderful member of our church, a mom, a Hallmark Christmas movie lover, and most importantly, a disciple of Jesus, uh, Brandy McGuirk here with us today. How are you doing, Brandy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Hey, we are so glad to have you on because I will say this, uh, Donnie, if you had to put yourself on a level of expertise with uh, Hallmark or I'd just say like romantic Christmas movies, where where are you putting yourself, Donnie? Um, so you know how the scale like in school is like 8F? Um, I'm going to put yeah. myself on incomplete uh, okay. because I do not have <laughs> enough uh, information or context in most cases. So I'm usually... I'm I'm caught up in the story because I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to you know trudge along and understand what's going on. That's all right. That's all right. But you, uh, a married man who also has a daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, is that correct? Yes, seven-year-old correct. daughter. So yes. she she's probably going to start getting into these these movies as well at some point. Uh, yes, yes. Now I would do want to say before we get too far into this, I will say when I started kind of uh, looking for uh, guest hosts to come in with us. I uh I don't I don't want to become totally sexist on this. I know several men who are very into Hallmark Christmas movies. Brandy, has that been your experience in life that you you've yeah, met several guys who are into my, this? My my husband enjoys watching them with me. He's like me. We we have our limits of how much we can watch. You know, because they they make a lot of them. Um, but he enjoys them also, and he's actually got his favorites that he wants to watch this year. So, yep. There you go. There you go. Now, Sawyer, are you a, where's your level of expertise coming into this? Uh, so I grew up with a sister and a mom. And so I, I'm not totally inexperienced in this genre of film. And so, uh, you know, like I chose a movie to watch today that I had seen many times before. Well, good. Um, that I, and so I, I actually, I think I've probably seen more than the average 25 year old single dude, at least. So uh, I I think I I think I'm I'm hitting above 500. Maybe maybe not. Maybe there's a maybe there's a whole community out there, Sawyer. And you maybe yeah. That. Very true. If I'm I'm sure there's a Twitter uh, following for 25 year old single dudes who like Hallmark romance. Right. They got movies. bronies. They got Hallmark dudes. <laughs> There you go. I'm all, I'm all for it. I will say this. Most of my life, uh, this has not been my genre. I grew up with uh, a dad who was really into, I mean, all kinds of movies, but we watched romantic comedies. I'll say that. Uh, but like not anything, um, not, not, not anything in this kind of genre. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks, 
romantic comedies, all those kind of 90s romantic comedies yep. that were really popular. Uh, I grew up with a dad who loved war films and westerns and sci-fi and the, you know that kind of stuff. And then I was into comic books and uh, my, my brothers are into sports. And so this just never entered my world until uh, last year when my daughters, I have four daughters, um, and I'll say my wife is not into these movies. She actually gets very frustrated when I'm watching them with the girls because uh, <laughs> I'm now kind of into these movies. So, um, And we'll get to that in a moment. But before we do, I just want to let you know this is your first time on this podcast. Uh, the goal of this is we encourage every family at Community Christian to have a family movie night once a month. And it's to help you and your children build memories. We want you guys to bond together as a family, but also because it gives you an opportunity as a parent to start conversations that matter. In fact, the whole goal of our family ministry is to help you to raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life more than anything else. And we know that critical to that is you, that you love Jesus and that you, as you love your children and that you are building into them, you get opportunities to build your relationship and speak into that. And as always, as I have been forgetting, but I remembered on this episode, we want to remind you to not just like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook. But if you're a parent, go to Facebook, go to our Facebook page. We have a parent group, the C Kids Parent Group, that if you go to the Groups tab, under our Facebook page, and you find that group and then click the join group button, you'll be able to be encouraged and supported uh, as a parent because we want to help give you as many resources as we can, as many opportunities as we can for you to not only better love your children, but help them to love Jesus and his way of life. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to just add another thing to your list as a parent that you feel guilty about not doing. Uh, most of parenting is looking around at everyone else and going, I feel bad about what I'm not doing. That is not the point of this. Uh, we want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, we're going to be having a lot of fun, and we want to help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus and his way of life with your kids. So let's get to it. Today we are talking about Hallmark Christmas movies, but uh, we know when we started talking about this, Hallmark Christmas movies uh, kind of began on the Hallmark Channel, produced by the Hallmark Company. Um, these kind of feel-good, simple, sometimes romantic, not always romantic, but just feel-good is the way I, I have it in my head. But Brandy, I want you to talk. What, what do you think of when, when someone, as a, as a Hallmark movie, Christmas movie fan, what do you think of as kind of like the characteristics of a Hallmark movie? Um, I think they all follow the general pattern and plot line of boy meets girl in some kind of random accident. I always think of the Reese's a peanut butter cute, as they call it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I always think of the Reese's peanut butter commercial where, like, oh, you know, they bump into each other and it's oh, you got your chocolate on my in my peanut butter and you know, your peanut butter on my chocolate. It's like, there's this tension right at first. And then, oh, all of a sudden it's just wonderful. And then they have some random problem to solve. And, and there's a misunderstanding at the, towards the end. And then they get back together, they compromise and get back together. And it's all great. And layer that all over with baking montage, Christmas tree, decorating montage, family and community. And that's, 
and all the decorations, <laughs> all the Christmas decorations. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's well, and it seems it. like. Would you say, Brandy, that uh, when you describe it in that way, a lot of movies that aren't even produced by the Hallmark company would kind of fit into this genre? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say so. Yeah, uh, Donnie. Well, Donnie, I'm not going to get to you because we found out something very special about what Donnie and I watched. <laughs> But we're going to go first to Sawyer. Sawyer, what was the movie you watched? Yeah, uh, I watched Miracle on 34th Street, the one from the 90s. And a uh, little side note, I called it the newer one, which apparently is taboo because apparently the fact that it's older than me means it's not new. But I thought that because it didn't come out in the 30s, that meant it was new. But it's whatever. Anyway, you don't get to call it. You don't get to yeah. call it new unless you're going to start calling yourself new. Uh <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, and I do. Okay. okay. Um, I'm but, new uh, to yourself or. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I actually really enjoyed this movie. So I grew up watching this movie because my mom would make us watch it at Christmas time. And uh, at the time I always hated it, but the older I got, the more I liked it. And I hadn't watched it in like five or 10 years. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I went back to rewatch it and I actually, I really like it now. Um, because you know, it's, it's a, so just a, give you a rundown on the plot it's basically about uh this mom and her daughter and they are very much um just kind of in the trenches she's like a workaholic mom and the daughter sees that as a thing and so like it's kind of like what the parent values the kid starts to value and so um then santa claus shows up as the thing and basically says no kid like you're valuable on your own um kind of and 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 reinforces that behavior in her and also tells her hey you're not just the kid like you can have an impact on the world and uh, and you see that unfold over the course of the movie and there's also the typical you know the romance between the mom and the handsome lawyer who is defending santa at one point in the movie um and uh, that's a that's a whole that's an awesome sequence that happens there but uh but yeah i i really loved uh, miracle on 34th street so I think you missed the big plot, though. Is this the movie where they put Santa Claus on trial? Yeah, that's exactly what I was okay. thinking. I was trying to avoid spoiling all that stuff. They basically, the, the handsome lawyer who ends up falling in love with the mom has to defend Santa Claus and claim that he is indeed the genuine Santa Claus who lives at the North Pole and delivers gifts to thousands, to millions of children every day, every Christmas. So, Which I will say, basically every Christian director, when they decided they were going to make a Christian movie, decided we're going to rip off that for every horrible yeah. Christian movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Now, we're not putting sin on trial. We're putting God on trial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. We're not going to jump in those weeks. All yeah. right. So Donnie and I, Donnie and I ended up watching the same, not movie, trilogy of films uh, in the Netflix and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't know if they call this. I'll, I'll Google it while Donnie's talking here a second, but I believe it is called the Netflix Holiday Cinematic Universe. Netflix has tied in like eight or nine of their films, which I think Donnie up until this moment has been unaware of, uh, tied them into this one, this one franchise, which is the Christmas, or sorry, a Christmas Prince trilogy. So Donnie, you watched A Christmas Prince a Christmas Prince, the Royal Engagement, and a Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby. So, Donnie, why don't you run down just a brief, what is the basic idea of this movie? So the basic idea of the movie kind of goes back to what Brandy was talking about, is that it kind of has the same tropes of, like, it's this 
this woman who has this identity of what she does and she's so um she's a reporter and so she's basically like she's sent out to uh cover the royal family and like so when she's covering the royal family of course the royal family of what Dottie? of aldovia of aldovia (laughs) which The fictional movie country of Aldovia. They were really afraid of just just getting the the Belgians Belgians really mad at them. <laughs> and anyway. what's funny is that while while I was watching it, my wife she kept saying, uh, "I wonder what this is supposed to be like." I was like, "I don't. It's Aldovia. Like as far as I'm concerned, it's just Aldovia." <laughs> what's the name of the Princess Diaries? You remember the Princess Diaries with uh, Anne Hathaway? There's a there's a fictional European that's just it's just roughly England, like yeah. a small English nation. <laughs> I know this. Yeah. All right. I'll look it up yeah. in a second. Go ahead. Anyway, so she goes to report on the royal family because there's been um the 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 previous king has died. The mm-hmm. prince, who's kind of this like he's, I wouldn't say roguish, but he's roguish to them. He yeah. he cares about poor people, and they don't care about poor people. And yeah. like he's like this genuinely nice guy, but he doesn't want to do what a king wants to do. And she's going to kind of see: is he going to abdicate the throne? Is he going to take the throne? Yeah, because the whole point for her to go uh, to do the reporting was actually because you know how like the gossip uh, magazines will say, "Hey, this person is this way." Like, so he's supposed to be like this playboy, like this guy that's always getting, getting girls, but she comes to find out that he's more than that. Like what uh, Nathan was talking about, like that she's much more, that he's much more than that. He's a king that actually cares about people, you know, and slowly more of the story unfolds and you find about his history. And I don't know if I'm going to spoil it, but uh, you'll find out that there's a little more about this uh, prince. Yeah. In the first movie, you figure out there's a there's a secret the family's hiding mm-hmm. that she kind of uncovers, and it's a whole thing. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So they fall in love, obviously. Yep. And it's kind of their romance. Um, she doesn't fit into their typical idea of what a princess should be because she's not very royal or elegant. Like, there's a whole plot point in the first movie that she wears Converse, like Chuck Taylor Converse, yep. under her wedding dress, and they're <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, how horrible that this could happen there's like a uh i guess like the recurring the recurring term that they kind of use is protocol like everything Why? is about the protocol like you have to stay within the royal protocol and she does not fit in that in any way right <laughs> she's and, like yeah good oh well i was just gonna say and, and and those movies so obviously i mean there's a trilogy so it's they get together the mm-hmm. second movie is about their engagement. The third movie is about their their baby, and there's uh, all these different things that happen. Then my children wanted to watch. So in addition to Christmas Prince, my children wanted to watch a night before Christmas, a K night, like a sword and shield night before Christmas, which is about a thirteenth uh, century knight who gets transported by a witch to this future small town uh, mm-hmm. around Christmas. They fall. This this girl who's uh, lives in the town falls in love with. Um, I think it's Vanessa Hudgens. Falls in love with the knight, and at one point, someone says something about the royal wedding in Aldovia, and I was sitting there and I went, "Wait, wait a second. So I start googling around. Well, I found out that last year my children had watched a movie called I think it's called The Princess Switch, which is also Vanessa Hudgens. It's very parent trappy. She finds out she has a twin that is. Uh, the princess of this other country, they switch lives. It takes place in the same meters. It they have re- that country has relations with Aldovia, 
so they are all in this same cinematic universe. There's another Netflix movie called The Holiday Calendar, where the royal wedding is on in the background of a TV at that point. Netflix is tying these things in, doing their own MCU. They wow. are, they are, they are Babe Ruth and calling their shot, taking aim at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, saying we're we're the biggest one in town. And I know I'm saying this like it's a joke. I'm actually a little intrigued by all of this. I am I am fully bought in. Donnie, what was your experience watching a Christmas Prince? Um, honestly, um, like you know, like I said, <clears throat> like I said, it goes with like a lot of the tropes of like you know, like hey, fall in love with the the person that you're supposed to feel bad, like to be like negatively about, you know, and then you slowly like through her kindness and through her generosity and just her being herself uh, authentically changing what they use as the protocol to where the norm became being a good person and being authentically yourself. Yeah. Well, and I think I, so. I'll just say for me, I real, I, I, I kept telling myself, "All right, we got to do this Hallmark thing. We got to talk about these movies." And then I watched it, and I was, I was fully on board with it. I was like, "This is, this is kind of fun." It's, it is, and I know the term that um, Brandy used with me, and and that's kind of where I want to start our conversation as far as how to talk about these movies with your kids, because. Um, the, the truth is the particular movies we watched weren't really as important because uh, I think we all agree. They all kind of have similar characteristics. When you're watching these, uh, you're going to watch these. If if you're into Hallmark Christmas movies, you're going to be watching these with your kids. What's mm -hmm. important is, are you going to have conversations and what kind of conversations are you going to have? One, I'll let you know that may need to be important. I looked up the Princess Diaries uh, country. It is Genovia. That's the name of the country. But when you Google Princess Diaries country, the first Google result that comes up is 19 things you probably didn't know about the Princess Diaries. And then the quote above it is, Genovia is not a real country. So, <laughs> one of the 19 things you may not have known is that Genovia isn't real. So, all right. So let's get to how to have conversations about this. Brandy, you brought in a, a, an idea that I think is really important. And I'll say as a father of uh, four girls, I, I really want to kind of take a lesson from you on. So, so why don't you talk a little bit? You talked about how these movies address identity and where we as followers of Jesus should be finding our identity. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So... <clears throat> All, at least in the Hallmark movies, I have noticed that all of the female lead characters are very much, um, they're very much, they have their identity really set either with their job or their talent or something that they're good at. And so their identity is linked to that or their identity is linked to their family and their community. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that these characters are using their talents and their gifts to support their family and their community. Um, but what I wanted to address was that as Jesus followers, I feel like our highest identity needs to be as disciples of Jesus. We live, you know, we're talking about uh, the prince and the kingdom and everything. Well, we live in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is our prince. He is our prince of peace. And so that needs to be our highest calling, our highest identity. And from that, all our other identities are, it trickles down to all of our other identities. Um, 
one of the things that got me thinking about this was recently I had been reading in uh, the book of Matthew with my discipleship group. And in when Jesus got baptized, uh, you hear the father's voice saying, this is my dearly loved son who brings me joy. And then Jesus goes out and starts his ministry. And so for me, the what I took from that was that the father made very clear his Jesus's identity. This is my dearly loved son, and he brings me great joy. Before he done anything, he brings me great joy. And so I think that we need to understand that our identity is in Jesus, that God loves us, he is pleased with us, and he accepts us for exactly who we are. Not because of our relationships, not because of what we do, not because of our community. He accepts us exactly for who we are. And then out of that, that's how we go forth and we live our lives in our communities and in our jobs and in um, our relationships. So that's yeah, what I was thinking. So I think that's huge. And I really... Um... Uh, uh, appreciate that you said that brandy because i think i think that part is just huge of um you know for and i think i think this is true for everybody i think it is natural that we find our identity and i love that you mentioned um the story of jesus baptism where god says it's my uh, son who i'm uh, and I love the translation of you said, oh, I find deep joy in. I think that's just absolutely pivotal. And then um, I know, I think it was Henry Nowen who once wrote about that. Then it's from that place he goes and he goes and gets tempted in the desert. And what yep. the devil is actually attacking is where Jesus finds his identity. And that the three right. things all of us find our identity is either in what I have. So like what I own. Mm-hmm. So that could be my job and I'm wanting to earn a bunch of stuff, or it could be, um, my identity is in what other people think of me, right? Which I know these movies tackle a lot. Like yep. Christmas Prince is yep. very much like all these people think things. Is that who I really am kind of stuff? Or then ultimately what I do, what I'm able to produce, the the job I have, these kind of things. And that um, God, I, like I say to my daughters all the time, God created you on purpose with a purpose. Like you were not mm-hmm. an accident. God knew, yep. God knew he had something specific for you to do. Uh, but your identity is not in that thing that you do. Mm-hmm. And that is such an important thing. And I think, and this is, this gets to kind of the second thing I want to talk about. They kind of, called, we call this a segue in the biz. Uh, you, uh, with our escapist, and that was the term when I talked to Brit, Brandy about it originally, she was like, oh, well, it's kind of escapism for most of us. And escapism is a, is a powerful thing. It's a great thing. This is not anything, I mean, um, you know, Marvel movie, Star Trek is a big escapist thing for me. Everyone has their things that they just kind of watch and they just want to enjoy. They just want to zone out. But the danger with escapist things, if we don't critically assess them, don't critically go, what is the message I'm receiving from this is because it is so enjoyable, there's something in me that wants to just accept that this is the way the world should be. So when I've watched, because I've now watched several of these Netflix, I, I haven't seen any of the Hallmark official stamp of Hallmark approval Christmas movies, but the Netflix ones, there is this, and I can see the enticing, and I think for children, uh, kind of the sense of adventure and romance that kind of goes in these, if you get swept away to this distant land, or there's this person who comes into your life, and they're kind of 
you know, wonderful and magical. That's kind of adventurous. I think there's a thing for a lot of adults, um, and I feel this some. Of it's almost always like this little small town. It's this simple, easy way of life, and I think that's attractive to many of us, which is that uh, life is simple, life is easy. And so the way I talk to my my girls about it a lot is, hey, wouldn't it be great if life, every problem in life, gets solved this easily? Right. Like the Christmas Prince. I mean, I won't get into too much, but the Christmas Prince movies, at one point, there's two nations that are about to go to war with each other. And one person's and one like guy just in the cap, not even in the cabinet. He's like a he's just like, I don't know, like a like a personal assistant does something, apologizes for it. And they're like, well, now the nations won't go to war. And I'm like, well, if if that's how simple life could be, just we got to get one guy, like just one Secret Service agent to be like, I made a mistake. And they're like, well, no longer will North Korea nuclear <laughs> arm itself. Uh, but there's something attractive about that, that life could be solved that easily. Now, the one good sense of that that I think we should elevate is, well, Jesus offers us a life that if we put our whole focus on following him, we can become the kind of people. And so that is simple and that is easy and it's life. But life, by its nature, is difficult. And if I if I believe that everything that's important should be easy, romance and marriage should just be easy because it is in the Lifetime movie, it is in the Hallmark movie, it is in every movie I've ever seen. They just like like Brandy said, they come in, they meet each other, and then it's just like this is fine. And the problem they have to solve is a little minor problem. And once we solve that. Everything's fine, and I don't have any baggage from past relationships. I don't have anything I'm carrying into this relationship. We're perfect. That could be a dangerous message. And so, uh, what do you guys think about that? About about how we convey convey life being easy or difficult or those kind of things? Anybody? Well, uh, I actually I think Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street really hits to this a little bit because the the plight of the little girl in the movie is life is not going ideally right now, but everyone's telling me it is. And so maybe I should just give up and accept that. But then Santa comes into her life and tells her, no, like I have, like, there's a plan for you and you need to like work hard and like realize yourself. And like Nathan and I were talking about a little bit earlier, like it's very much a, a first Timothy situation where it's like, no, like you you can affect change in your in your world and stuff like that and then that's what happens to the girl that's her journey over the movie is her realizing that she can affect change in her life um and it's 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 a really important message to send to children in particular that they that they are agents of change you know from, yeah. from god at least that's how God well, and I think being able to tell them, I know in that movie in particular, the idea is that uh, no one believes the little girl. The girl's the one who has mm-hmm. the knowledge no one else does. And that certainly really hits with kids of like, no one listens to me. No one believes yep. me. No one trusts in me. But I think the idea of being able to say in the first Timothy verse you're referencing is when Paul says to this young leader, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Right. Yeah. That God has gifted you in a specific way. I do think that's an important message too to send to our kids. And that when you're having this, of being able to say to your kids, like, hey, I want you to tell me when you think something is wrong. I want you to tell me when you think I'm wrong. Now, that right there is a dangerous thing for a parent to say because <laughs> uh, it's tough. And maybe, maybe Donnie or Brandy could speak to this of, of when your kids do come and kind of confront you about something, how difficult, how defensive you can quickly become, but also yeah. just how important it is as a parent to 
to even just allow them to speak, even if they're not right. Even yeah. if they're not right, certainly you should listen because they may be right. The, you, exactly. Your kids can point out things you do wrong that you don't know you do wrong. But even yeah. if they're not right, to not shut down the conversation as, well, I'm mom, I'm dad, you don't ever question me. You know yeah, what I mean? Does someone, it's, Donnie, it's funny you say that because um, I actually have a good example of that. Because um, one of the things I try to tell my kids, I'm like, hey, you know, first of all, you will get in less trouble with me if you're honest with me. If you give me the yeah. full truth without, you know, holding it back. I, I will give you the punishment will be blessed. Yeah. Now you will, there are still consequences that come with the decision that you made, but that doesn't mean, but if you lie to me about it, there's the consequences can be more, be heavier. But um, a perfect example of this was actually um, maybe a couple of weeks ago. So something had been knocked off of a, um, a table in the house. Um, and I thought that it was one of the kids because they had been jumping around and playing and doing this stuff when it's um, watching a video that's like an exercise video or something. And so in that moment, so I have like, because of course, when uh, I have like indoor camera, um, so I can kind of go back for that kind of stuff, like to kind of see if things happen, just like, especially when like, if they get in an argument, that way I can kind of see where, where it started if there was an issue. But what was interesting was that I didn't realize that I had accidentally knocked it off the table. So this was a moment where I had to own up to the fact that I made the mistake because I did eventually, like, I did essentially accuse them of it because I rough. assumed it was them. And I, so I had as a parent kind of humble myself there and go, look, I apologize. I made the mistake of assuming that you had caused the problem, you know, and, but it was actually me. And, and I think it's such an important thing as a parent to be willing to humble yourself when we do make mistakes because they already kind of see us in the light of like, we don't get a lot wrong. We're kind of their superheroes to a certain extent. Like they can't do, we can't do wrong. But when we show them that we do have like, so to speak, cracks in the armor, it lets them know that when they make a mistake, it's not the end all be all. It's there's more to it. There's a next step to fixing it and correcting the problem. You know, and when you do make a mistake, owning up to it is more important than trying to save face. Because, like, I, I think I've even said this, like, with students before, is that, you know, people worry about protecting their reputation, but you should worry more about protecting your character. Because reputation is what people think about you, and your character is who you actually are. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. Brandy, I saw you shaking your head. What, what, did you, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, so I've got an 18 year old and a 21 year old, um, both boys. And once you get in those teen years, this becomes really, really important to, cause yeah, they'll call you out on it for sure. <laughs> they, um, and so I, as much as possible, try to preemptively say when I mess up, I try and preemptively say, okay, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Um, and if they do call me out on something, like you said, Nathan, you know, you gotta take a deep breath and really let me hear the words that they're saying and let me try and figure out where that's coming from. And are they, are they right? Am I doing that? And a lot of times they are. And a lot of times it is something that I justifiably, they should call me out on. Um, but sometimes it's just their perspective and what's most important, I think for our relationship 
is that they understand that I hear them. Even if I don't agree with them, they understand that I hear them. And I think that's a huge part of just in any relationship and loving somebody is taking the time to hear what they, what they're saying, whether you agree with them or not, taking the time to hear them. Um, And it makes them more willing to come to me and have those hard conversations when I mess up, when they mess up, um, when they're having some sort of feelings about themselves or their own insecurities and anxieties, they are much more willing to come to me and talk to me about those things when I've been open with them and talk to them about the same kind of things. So I think it's really, yeah, it's really an important thing. And I think it's a great foundation to lay when your children are young. Um, and it, um, but it does get harder as, after they get older. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and I think what you, what both of you hit on there is, is the relationship is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, ultimately, um, and I said this in a recent sermon, it, probably at this point, it wasn't this recent by the time this airs, but um, uh, about ultimately what your, your goal as the parent is trying to get your child into a relationship with Jesus, that they yeah. become a disciple of Jesus, because it is those relationships that will fix the problems. We try to preemptively fix problems. Like I see this anger problem in my kid. I see this thing. And as a parent, we should be aware of those things and we should be trying to talk to them about it. But we're trying often the things we do to try to fix them either cause more of the problem or cause other problems that need to be fixed. Whereas the relationship we have with them when they're an adult, I can help walk them through those problems as well. And so the relationship thing I think is huge. And you would not have a relationship with somebody if every time they you went to them and you were like, hey, this really hurt my feelings. Or, hey, this, I, I wish we did something different. You, that person said, nope, I'm the friend. You can't question me. Like, <laughs> uh, no one can ever say, you know. Uh, and it's not to say, as a parent, there aren't times you just say to your kid, hey, it's because I said so. And later you have a conversation because sometimes it's immediate. And I'm not, this isn't a judgment on any of those. But I think the point that we're trying to convey, and I think this is kind of how I want to close out a, a way to use these movies to do that is the conversations we're asking you to have with your kids may not be conversations that happen while you're watching the movie. Uh, the movie, and I have seen this huge in my family, either my kids or I can use these examples, use these movies as examples of things. Hey, do you remember when we watched that movie and that one character tried to speak up and, and the mom and dad, they weren't really listening? I want you to know you can always talk to me. And then now you actually have to back that up. But this is a way to have that conversation. Or, hey, remember Donnie mentioned this already. Remember how that girl, uh, she went and they didn't like her and they thought all kinds of bad things about her. But because she was so kind, she was so generous, she was so gentle that everyone started to change their opinions about her. You know, that's the way Jesus calls us to live, that we lead by example. If we want other people to be kind and generous, we be kind and generous first. So you don't necessarily have to have these conversations while you're watching the movie, um, but they are examples that other times you can pull out. And now that your kids have something that they were emotional about, they laughed at, they felt joy, they felt maybe romance, they felt these other things while they were watching the movie, that triggers a memory for them and now you can tie it to Jesus. And now hopefully they tie Jesus to joy and they tie Jesus to laughter and they tie Jesus, all those kind of positive emotions. So that's kind of where I want to end us up uh, on this. I think uh, 
there's some really good stuff in here. Uh, I, I know Donnie and I would definitely suggest a Christmas Prince trilogy for anybody to watch. Mm-hmm. Young, old, man, woman, <laughs> prince, no prince, watch the movie. Right, Donnie? That's right. And um, here's a little tidbit fact. Um, if you've watched, if you watch the Christmas Prince, you will notice that the main um, character, she actually plays in a very popular CW show that I think recently ended called I Zombies. I Zombie. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Hey, I want to thank, uh, obviously, Sawyer and Donner. Donnie. Donner. I'm still calling you Donner now. <laughs> Don, Donner part, party of one. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but I definitely want to thank Brandy for being on here. Brandy, thank you so much. Uh, It was really enjoyable getting to talk to you about these movies. Yeah, it's my pleasure. This was fun. We will definitely have to have you on in the future for some other uh, films that we can enjoy. But thank you guys for joining in. I hope you guys either choose this or one of our other movies we've talked about for your family movie night. Uh, But most importantly, just continue the great work you're doing teaching and helping your children to love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you next time.